basically, okay, if you dissect a corporation, they have like an operational side, they have like a creative director side, they have, you know, HR, they have this, all the dis- different departments. So say for instance, if we have any financial issues with the studio, it wouldn't matter. Like I would give that up in a heartbeat in order to save my marriage. Welcome to the Beauty Boss Confidential. My name is Ren and I'm a beauty blogger, new mom, makeup artist, and owner of my own makeup academy in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Nalani and I'm a cosmetic tattoo artist and instructor. I run a busy permanent makeup studio and academy in Atlanta as well and also manage a small team. We're two modern women trying to juggle it all from building our empire to being a wife and navigating being a new mom all while making time for ourselves. We're here to share with you the behind the scenes of what it's really like to run a successful beauty business from marketing to business strategies and trying to find that perfect work-life balance. Let's dive right in. Hey guys, so Ren and Nalani back with another episode. I have a really fun topic. So have anyone ever worked with their significant other or families in their businesses? We're entrepreneurs, so it's definitely helpful to have a supportive person in our lives that will sometimes work with us and just guide us along to make the best business possible. So Nalani has a very interesting story, and she's going to tell us all about working with her husband, P, in her very successful microblading and permanent makeup business. So I want to talk about navigating the politics of working with your husband, how to balance your personal romantic life with the business side, and give advice to people who might be going through the same situation. So I'm just going to go ha- go ahead and start from the beginning. So, Nalani, tell us, how did you and Pete exactly start to work together? I think it started maybe in 2017 when I had the idea, when I was, like, super busy with doing eyebrows. And I was just, like, overwhelmed. And I was wanting help. I was like, I need help. I need help. It's very scary to hire somebody Um, especially having like a random person just putting out a, you know, advertisement on LinkedIn or whatever. I was really scared of that. And I just had a lot of trust issues. And he saw that I really needed help because when I was getting my appointments, I was working maybe like 10, 12 hours a day. I would start my day at 930 and I wouldn't leave until 8 p.m. at night. And when I would go home, that's when I would approve my appointments, text back clients. Um, So I would have like 20 to 50 text messages every day. So he saw that I was like really kind of stressed out. And then he slowly started saying, how can I help you? You know, I, I really care about you. And I don't want you to be this stressed out all the time. Because if if Nalani is stressed out, that means the whole household, which means I'm crabby, I'm moody, and I'm not giving him attention. So I think he really cared about my mental health. So it started with kind of that plug. And at that time, he was still at his corporate job. And he was with the company for 11 years. So he had his own stable thing going on. But being the entrepreneur that I am, I sort of put a bug in his ear like hey let's work for ourselves so for two years I was like 
telling him about the vision of the business, about browse and telling him the potential of it. And it was so very new, um, especially in Atlanta, when I was just like, you know, I'm one of the first, like we really can make this happen. This is my dream. So I've been saying that repeatedly for like two years and I get it. You know, he's, he's a man. He doesn't want to step into his wife's industry or let alone like a very feminine industry. So I get it. So I kind of like, didn't really put that much pressure on him, but I continually continually showed him the vision. And I talked about the potential and the real reality of what this business could be. And slowly he was like, oh, okay, let me, um, let me help you out some. Cause he knew I was really stressed. So it really started off with that. So fast forward to August of 2018, all of my nagging and all of my repetition kind of hit him that day. Um, if you guys caught that episode of me quitting my job, I kind of laid out the same strategy for him. So I knew that one day it was going to happen, but I didn't really tell him. I didn't know when that was, but in the back of my mind, I was just like saving and saving and saving and really, you know, prepared for his departure, like the same way I prepared for my departure for my corporate job. So I applied the same steps and strategy. And then one day, literally, he had the same kind of epiphany I had. You know, we knew it was kind of going to happen, but we just didn't know when. So it was August, I believe, August 8th of 2018. Um, He texted me and he was like, Hey, you want to go um, grab lunch? And I was like, okay, sure. So we went to grab lunch and two hours had passed. And I was like, don't you need to go back to work? And he was just like, I don't have to. I was like, what? <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, I, I kind of put in my notice today. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, cool. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was, I was really excited after that. Um, he was, he went through kind of like a funk and I know him. So I kind of backed off. I didn't really say much. So one full year, he helped me as far as like, you know, maybe answering emails here and there, but he was in a funk. He was going through his, his own situation. So I kind of like backed off. Looking back now, he really, he told me he didn't know how to help. And I'll be honest, I didn't know how he can help either. So he just started slowly like taking tasks away from me. And he knew how stressed I was every day, like day-to-day operations I had to set up. I had to greet clients. I had to get paperwork. I had to file the paperwork. I had to get the old paperwork. I had to reply to text. I had a lot. I've set a lot of responsibilities and I managed myself for a really long time. And I told him, I was like, why don't you just come and just hang out with me? So he saw that I was like going like hundred miles per hour. And I think when he saw it for himself, he was just like, wow, like you really, you really do need my help. And um, I can't believe you're doing this. You know, I was, I was getting my own lunch as well. I was like calling in orders, like walking across the street, getting my own lunch, coming back, eating like five minutes. And he was just like, he was like, babe, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know you were this overwhelmed. So he started taking off tasks and he told me like his goal was to have me just show up for work. Like I didn't have to do anything. Like all he wanted to do was make the process smoother for me. And if you guys know Pete, he's like a very like 
operational guy. So he started coming in. So he started, you know, helping me set up. He started very slow. And after that, it was, I, I trusted him more. At first I used to go behind him and see every text message, see every, everything. When I started seeing like how he was responding to clients and just managing, you know, the operation side, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, let me let go a little bit. Um, so now I don't even go back behind his work because I, I trust him. I built that trust because although I trust him as like the operational side, um, it was different dealing with women. And he can definitely attest to that because he went from working with a bunch of dudes, just like all guys to just like women. And he made a comment and he was like, man, women are sensitive because he would be like very straight up and very professional, but super nice still. Um, but he was just like, okay, I, I got to talk to women differently. <laughs> so um, I thought that was an interesting point that he mentioned. After a year into him trying to figure stuff out and me trying to figure out how he would fit in this equation, we established a role. We communicated and basically, okay, if you dissect a corporation, they have like an operational side, they have like a creative director side, they have, you know, HR, they have this, all the dis different departments. And I really analyzed what our strengths were and what our weaknesses were. So what I did, what I did like kind of like a flow chart where what his strength was and what my strength was. So we divided up the different departments and we made it very clear which department we were responsible for. So for me, I'm more visionary. I'm more creative director. I'm really great at social media and marketing and the basically the end goal of, of visually what I wanted the brand to be. So his strength is more like, okay, tell me the vision. I'll strategize how to get there. So I'll create the steps. I'll break it down into year. What's our goal for the year? How are we going to break it down within months? How are we going to break it down within weeks? And how do we break it down within days? So he's really good at that. And I'm, I'm not great at that because all I know is the end goal. Like, this is where I want to be, but I have no idea how to get there. I don't, my mind's not that organized. I have to visually like lay out the steps in like a flow chart. Um, so he's really good at really breaking down the steps and really asking the right questions and like, okay, that's great. You, you want to get here, but why does this align with your mission? Does this align with your purpose? So, um, so I let him kind of strategize what's in my head. So that's how we divvy up the task. So he deals with all the client communication. He deals with all the bookings. He manages all the junior artists because I'll be honest, I did not want any, I didn't want a team. That was not my goal. Cause I know that I have control over what I can do. And to manage a team for me was not in my cards. I know I didn't want to micromanage, but he used to manage like 10 or 11 people. So he was really good at that. I said, if you feel like having a team is going to be the best thing for us, then you're going to, you're going to manage them. I'm not dealing with that. I'm going to deal with their artistry. That's all I'm deal dealing with. So if anything comes up, you're going to handle that. So that's his strength. So I think 
that's the one of the most important things is having like a really clear idea of what roles we play, but know that we can play all of the roles if push comes to shove, I need to give him a break or he needs to give me a break. So obviously he can't do brows, which I brought it up several times to do brows. And he's like, no, bro. <laughs> so um, I'm still going to bring it up here and there. Just maybe one day he'll say yes. <laughs> but he's, I, I know what my strengths are. I know what his strengths are. And I don't let him deal with what I feel like he's not going to shine, shine at. So once we establish that roles, then it, it got a little easier. Yeah, that was really a, a good diplomatic way that you guys went about it, giving it a test period, allowing each other to kind of emerge and do what align with y'all's strengths and weaknesses. What what would you say is the approach to working with your husband when it comes to giving feedback? Because like, I know you said you were kind of checking and doing wanting to make sure he was doing the things the way you want them to be done, but it's hard when you're in a relationship with somebody and, you know, they can be a little bit more sensitive when it's coming from their partner. So how do you guys respond to that, like to constructive criticism and improving each other's work? Communicating. <laughs> no, nothing fancy, honestly. Um, we, over the year, have gotten better at communicating. We've always been understanding people. He really is like my life coach. Like everything you guys see on social media and every like quote unquote success or milestone, he is on the back end of coaching me through all of that. One thing he did say was if there's an issue, it's not you against your partner. It's three things involved, you, your partner, and the issue. If you guys have an issue, instead of like blaming each other or like picking at what one person did wrong or he's like don't do that we have an issue it's let's work as a team to resolve that issue so I think that really stuck to me if there's an issue and you guys are screaming at each other and you're not really like hearing each other out the issue will not be resolved so that's one thing I really learned is to if I do have a situation come up I learn how to ask a lot of questions and that's something he does really well Right now, we really speak calm to each other for the most part. If there's an issue with the, the studio or whatever, I used to interrupt. Well, he says I used to interrupt him a lot, but he's just like, are you really listening to me or are you just waiting to talk? He really like understands people and what to say, when to say. He's the, I would say he's the one that really facilitates like better communication than I am because I'm emotional and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman. I raise my voice. I get sensitive and antsy and angry and sad all in one day. But he's just like, it's okay to, to pause and take a break. So if we don't find a, a solution, um, actually, this actually just happened two days ago. I don't even know what we were talking about, but I was really fired up. And he was just like, you're not hearing me out. And I was just like, you're not hearing me out, you know? So what we did was we walked away. I went upstairs and I was just like, I can't deal with it right now. And, you know, the fact that I don't even remember what it's about, like, it lets me know that it wasn't a big deal. So why get fired up about it? You know, you just have to be adult. So I think communication is key and don't let it marinate. Like, definitely, like, if you have an issue, like, bring it up as your you know, obviously at a good time, because there are situations 
where he wanted to address something with me while I was doing eyebrows, but he didn't bring it up when I was like in the stock room, you know, he waited until my mind, he was like, I didn't want to bring it up while you were doing eyebrows. So he's very respectful in that way. So I do feel like it depends on your partner and in order for you to make, you know, a successful like business partner, it depends on who you're dealing with. I know not a lot of people can work with their spouse. Wow. Yeah. It seems like you guys have a good arrangement. You guys are both being professional about it and understanding boundaries and respecting each other. Obviously, you know, it, it, it takes some learning to transition your relationship to that kind of more professional business aspect. My question is, how do you respond to, you know, the traditional roles in a family you know, where men are considered like breadwinners and women are at home. And, you know, how how does that play into y'all's dynamic of working together? I think for us, it's, I like a 60-40. I'm all in about women empowerment and, you know, boss babes and things like that. But at the end of the day, I do want my man to be a little bit more dominant than I am. I'm a more 60-40 type of person, like me being 40% and him being 60. And I've always kind of had that early on. Like in, even in my early 20s, I was just like, I don't want like a super equal partner. So with me having that, it helps to knowing when to back down when I need to. Being the independent woman that I am, and it took me a long time to really back down and feel like I'm not losing myself. I actually remember one of my friends, um, she's a lot older than me. She's super funny. And she would observe like my relationships back in the day. And she was just like, girl, I need to teach you how to be a down ass chick. <laughs> and I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> so ever since that conversation, she was just like, sometimes you just got to let a man be a man. So I know that like sometimes I might be really high strung in my opinions, but at the end of the day, if he's not in agreement with, with it, I won't do it. We don't have roles, honestly. Like he does the dishes as much as I do. We kind of take turns, but at the end of the day, I want my man to be a little bit more dominant than me because I don't want to walk all over like a soft guy either. I need to know that if we're in danger, he, he's going to get us out of that as far as like household things, like we actually equally split our duties. If I see dishes in the dish in the sink, I'm going to do it. If I see some, you know, like just kind of use your common sense. Overall, we're very equal with day-to-day things. But at the end of the day, when topics that matter to me, if he's not in alignment with what I'm doing, even with the business, then that lets me know that I probably need to think about it a little bit, bit more. So I think we just like kind of work really well together and we don't have those gender roles or gender titles. We just do what needs to be done at the end of the day. You know, and that's probably why you guys are successful in your marriage, because you share the same values and beliefs in terms of, you know, being equal partners, but also giving him the respect as a man and him respecting your emotions and what you're going through. A lot of things that you mentioned actually are things that my premarital counselor talked about. So kudos to you for doing that. (laughs) I didn't even know there was such thing as a premarital counselor. (laughs) Before I got married, me and my husband went to um, a recommended, um, that's what they do. They give premarital counseling before we got married, just to kind of work out any issues 
that might occur later on and just be proactive. And they responded by saying the same things like men seek respect. They Mm want to feel like, you know, they're valued and, you know, responding to conflict in calm ways and just giving each other time, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and space is like so helpful in order to avoid like rage and anger that, you know, it's not productive. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you you hit it right in the head where we have we share the same values we have the same end goal we have the same vision for what we we want our life to be and as long as those core values are aligned the day-to-day you know irritability and frustration doesn't matter to us as long as we like he I know he looks out for my best interests and I look out for his best interests both personally and professionally. So I know that if he's not in agreement with something, he might see something that I'm not seeing. So then we take a pause. So we kind of bounce back off of each other's energy. I really had to set my pride to the side. And this is like my early and mid twenties, but I was just like, oh no, ain't no man telling me what to do. Like I got this, I always got this, but being in a marriage is a little different. Because you really have to, you know, if you marry the right one, you would want them to be a little bit more, you know, I'm going to take care of my, have the mentality of like, I'm going to hold my family down for us. That's awesome. I think you guys are definitely a team and you know, you're, you're working together for the ultimate goal. So that's what people need to remember when, you know, they're going through the, the, the mini conflicts and, you know, transitioning into uh, working together. Um, I do have a question about you working together as a couple, did you ever get any pushback from like friends and family about it? And if you did, what kind of um, response did you have? Or did they pretty much support you guys? You know what, that that is a great question. I don't even, nobody, you know what? I, I always been on my own. I've always made my own decision. I never really consult with anybody. The thing about me is like, if I feel something, I just do it. I don't really... So I never really brought that up. It just kind of organically went in that direction. Um, so even even if they did bring it up, I don't think I would care because I'm like, you guys don't know my man. Like he, you know, he comes through for me, you know. So um, I never consulted with anybody. It just happened like organically. So I don't know if the answer to that actually <laughs> That's good that you don't have like anybody in your family trying to tell you, you shouldn't work together on that or this and that, because, you know, some people have that traditional sense of what people should be doing. So you got pretty lucky then that the fact that you didn't have to respond to any of that. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) I have a question and I'm not sure if you guys have discussed this, but when me and my business partner were actually filling out our forms to become a partnership, one of the questions that the lawyer asked um, my um, business partner was, in the case of, you know, a divorce, how do you plan on dealing with, you know, him getting your shares? Because he's he is pretty much, you know, owed half of the business. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. And if you're working together in a business together and you're, you know, both getting the income, it's not something that anyone wants to think about, but is it something that you guys have discussed and had, you know, any kind of like, well, if this happens, we don't hope it happens. This is what we're going to plan to do. Just like if you get, you know, divorced and you have kids, this is what we'll plan to do. 
No, we've never had that discussion. I mean, obviously, like the studio is in both of our names. That never really came up because we are going to be with each other forever. Like that's how confident and how much I feel in my soul that like our bond is never going to be broken because I chose that if we ever have any issues as far as like the business side of things, I'm going to put my marriage first. So I'm going to take it back to when we first dated and how blissful it was and remember the reasons why I chose to marry this guy. So say for instance, if we have any financial issues with the studio, it wouldn't matter. Like I would give that up in a heartbeat in order to save my marriage, if that makes sense. You know, what's important to me is like you. What's important to me is us. What's important to me is why the reasons why we fell in love. So I always say that, you know, if we were broke, no income, no nothing, would I still be married to this guy? And the answer is truthfully, yes. And during this quarantine, it really taught me a lot because we took this quarantine really seriously. We didn't have anyone in or out. We didn't go anywhere. But besides the store, I was stuck with this man for about 40 days. And we had the best time together. And I, I'm so thankful for that because, you know, a lot of people don't even like their spouses, but he's like my best friend. So to answer your question, there's not even like an ounce of like doubt that we're not going to be together. I don't know. So that's why we never really talked about the business. I only told him one condition. The only way I would divorce him is if he cheats on me. And I'm serious about that. So, and he dare not to. <laughs> so yeah, we really never had that discussion because we feel so confidently that we're, we're always going to make it work no matter what trials and tribulations we go through. Well, I think you had a really inspiring answer. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have to remember, yes, we're married and a marriage should be a priority over everything because money will come and go. But, you know, finding someone to spend the rest of your life with, not so much. So that's amazing. I think, you know, there will be stressful times, like you mentioned, and it's a, it's a matter of prioritizing your relationship first. And it's funny because my husband when I think I told you before, he was an entrepreneur. He had a restaurant when I first met him. Um, and I had to kind of pitch in here and there because they just, you know, needed manpower sometimes and they were budgeting like crazy. And it was so stressful. So, so stressful. I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there were times where I was like, dang, do I really want to date this guy? Or, and marry him? Because I'm like, this is so bad. Like this environment is so bad. But we actually stepped away from the restaurant. And um, it was a real learning lesson, but we survived it, even though it was super stressful. So I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. um, on a lighter note, tell me, what is like your favorite memory of working together? Like what's something that you guys did together and that you guys were like super happy and proud of? I think during training, one of the first trainings that he was able to be part of, um, he really like read my body language. It felt like we were working together for a really long time. And I knew that showed because one of my students was like, oh, you're so lucky to have him here. And I was just like, it's actually the first time he's helped me. And she was like, no way. So I think that moment I was like super proud because I wouldn't even give him a look. He would just be like right there 
like helping with everything. Like I didn't even need to ask anything. So at that moment, I was just like, yeah, that's my man. You know, like I was just like really proud that we knew each other so well. We knew each other to the point where we didn't even have to ask each other what we needed. And he was just like so on point. So I knew that was like a turning point for me that I was just like, oh, yeah, he definitely has my back all the way. Like I don't need, you know, I trust him completely. And you know, I, I just felt really good about the decision we had made. Wow, you guys definitely, you can tell you work together beautifully. Like you you are in tune with one another. And I think that's so awesome. So when you guys go to, you know, you go to the office together because he's there and you're there. Do you guys go home and just stop working or do you continue working? Like, how do you know when to stop? <laughs> so funny i i personally don't know when to stop because you know when they say if you're doing what you love you'll never have to work a day in your life and i can say that's really true for me because even doing this podcast and you know editing my manual or um emails or doing my social media marketing whatever that's not work to me so i'm constantly like quote unquote working um but for him he doesn't operate in the same way like he's really good at being present. So for instance, sometimes I would be eating and I would, you know, check my email or do something work related. But when he eats, he's pretty much watching like a movie or like doing or just sitting and eating. So um, we we struggle. I struggle with that. The rule we we're not sticking to this lately just because of the quarantine and because we're spending a lot of time together. But before the quarantine, we usually say no phones at the dinner table or during dinner. Um, no phones working as far as like, if it's not urgent, like after eight o'clock, cause we get home pretty late. So we usually just like shut it off and nothing's that important. And sometimes I need to give him space when he's watching TV. I realized that a lot of people, I just learned this about him, but everybody winds down differently. So for instance, I wind down by like listening to podcasts, you know, that's to some people that's being productive, you know, but he winds down completely watching TV. And to me, TV is a waste of time. But to him, he's just like, I just need something mindless. I, I get that now. He said it in a way where he was just like, look, I can't work all the time. <laughs> And plus, I know this is not his industry, so I give him that. You know, he's he's only in it because to really learn the industry and we have other plans. But he was like, look, I can't work like you all the time. When he was working at his corporate job, he was like, I got off at five o'clock and I came home. I went to the gym. I watched TV. But with this business, it's like, you see me, you see what I do after five. He was like, that's not fair. That's not fair to me. You need to let me have my own time. He was like, it looks like I'm not doing anything for the business, but he's like, that's not fair. You need to, just because you see me watch TV doesn't mean I'm not being productive. And so I had to like back off again, going back to like the communication thing. So I learned how to kind of like, okay, let me let him have his space and let me just not say nothing. So I know when to kind of pick and choose my battle. Wow. That's actually super interesting because, you know, with my husband too, he has to wind down. Like he has to like, even if he's exhausted from work, he has to like have that TV time and like a drink or food. 
and I have to let him have his own space. I don't know if it's a guy thing because that's interesting. (laughs) And you know, it's true. Like everybody has their own way of relaxing. So like when you guys do work outside of the office, like when you're spending time together, what do you do to like get away? And like, how do you enjoy each other's company? Travel. (laughs) That's the only way I can not be connected to my job. I have to leave the entire country to not look at my phone. (laughs) That's honestly, though, that's honestly the truth. (laughs) But, you know, I try to I'm more of like an active person. Like if I if we do stay in Atlanta, I like to go to like the belt line or, you know, I like to be outside. I like to you know, get some fresh air and some sun and see other people running. I don't really like to, I'm not that kind of like lazy downtime person. And he's definitely like, he could be fine with like staying home, watching TV. Like you said, like your husband drinking a glass, you know, just reading. Like I'm, my downtime is more energetic. So when we do go out, that's, you know, not work related. And I try to be a little bit more present. Um, But, you know, we go to concerts. Like you said, going back to the episode that you talked about, the mom life episode where you're like, okay, do activities that don't require sitting and talking. We do that, actually. We do more like active things like concert festivals, walking, hiking. So that way I can completely like focus on the activity versus like on the business. That's good because you know when you're doing something like you're really present like you're you're you can't let your mind run and think about what you need to do tomorrow or tonight or later on so awesome so tell me like as we're wrapping up what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned from working together and what advice would you give to somebody in the same situation who's just starting out I would say identify the different areas identify your weaknesses and your strengths and just let that person be great at what they do and then you be great at what you do it's not productive if you're trying to wear too many hats and although in the beginning of a new business you are but just really sit down and divide out your task and roles like a corporation would and just let that person and try not to like check up on that person as much and communication is key that's with any relationship whether it's you know your personal relationship or your business relationship I think it's important to tell the other person how you feel but do it in a way where it's not attacking or you know you don't have to raise your voice like I said before if there's an issue it's not you against them it's you them against the issue. So I think it's very important to understand that you guys both have one goal in mind, and that's to make the business successful. Awesome. Well, I'm very inspired. I'm going to tell my husband, hey, maybe we need to to pick another project to work together because I'm using you guys as like the best successful example out there. I think it's best to be friends first, you know, like if you would work with your friend you got to have fun together. That's, that's the biggest thing. And you have to not be afraid to speak your mind. Like if you're have that partnership where you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I don't want to say this because I don't know how they're going to feel. It's like, that's to me, that's like, you chose the wrong partner because if you can't even be yourself, 
to to be comfortable enough to tell them how you feel, then that's mistake number one. So we definitely don't hold things in and we communicate. So it's not like, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So I think we have a pretty clear vision of the end goal and everything else doesn't, doesn't matter. Awesome. Well, thanks for giving us all this great wisdom and advice. And I'm super excited to hear about this more as we, you know, navigate this podcast. I'm sure P actually probably could make a great guess and give us some of his insights as well. So looking forward to all of that. But thanks again to everyone for joining. And on behalf of me and Nalani, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Beauty Boss Confidential. If you love this episode, go ahead and screen record your favorite part and tag us on Instagram. I'm Nalani at BeautyBot. And I'm Ren at Makeup by Ren Ren. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And please give us a five-star rating and tell all your beauty bosses. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time.